Welcome to the James Exchange Monday Matters, September 6, 2021. I am your host, Nancy Gill. Today's episode is all about Scottsville, potential growth, the DMV Select Office, vacancies on town council, and of course, CenturyLink. I spoke with Matt Lawless last Thursday on happenings in town government. Here's what's up. Public safety meets tomorrow, Tuesday, September 7th at 6 o'clock. They do have a flood control system check with the Army Corps of Engineers on Thursday. More on the extent of the A. Raymond Thacker flood control system is also discussed. The Planning Commission meets again on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. There are two special use permit applications for their review. This is for housing on Upper Bird property and the field by the water tower off Blenheim Road. Blenheim Heights is a cluster of 25 homes on 7,500 square foot lots. Upper Bird's proposal is for 12 of the almost 20 acres to be utilized for 48 potential home sites. The Architectural Review Board met last Thursday and reviewed two signs for new businesses coming to town. Baked on the James is opening at 358 Valley Street and Lutie Bells at 527 Valley Street. Stay tuned for when they are up and running. Of interest, Barbecue on the Bend has relocated to 635 Valley Street. The vacancies on town council are for two different term lengths. One is for three years and the other for one year. Also, all future elections in the town will now be held in November for new terms starting in January. This takes place for the 2022 elections. Fallout from the July 28 storm has left significant damage to 137 East Main Street. The Scottsville Supply Company has had to temporarily move to 492 Valley Street. The DMV Select Office is up and running. They are doing a bustling business with daily transactions between ten dollars and $20,000. Listen for the detail on how this impacts the town. Enjoy Matt's reporting on town issues and happenings. Have a great Labor Day. I will see you next Friday. Monday is Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday you have Public Safety and Planning Commission. Yep. Is there anything going on with public safety that the public should know about? Not too much. I'm glad we dodged a hurricane. Um, that would have kept that group a whole lot busier, but the calls have been modest. Coming up next week on Thursday is the annual flood control inspection. So I'll be busy with with Tim Carr on that one. That might be a good kind of shout out moment, if you don't mind, that we have that Army Corps of Engineers relationship and uh, the engineer team comes from Norfolk and and make sure that we're properly maintaining the system they designed. So just for people to know, when we say flood control, it's not just the levee, it's the pump station, it's the dam behind Doug's Maytag. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole system. So do they do all of it or just pieces of it? That's a good question. The, the two halves of it are regulated differently. The dam at Mink Creek gets inspected and regulated at the state level in Richmond with the Department of Conservation and Recreation. 
and we contract engineering inspections for that every other year. The levy is different. It's more heavily engineered and more carefully regulated because it's on the river and there's, and there's greater flood danger there. So it's a Corps of Engineers designed project and their team comes for inspections every year, but they don't go up to the Mink Creek Dam. They look around the levee on the river, the concrete gates, and the pump station building by Canal Basin Square. Good. About how long does it take them to do the whole inspection? We do, we'll probably do three hours of walking in the morning, eat lunch and talk about our findings, and then um, follow up. And they, they sometimes try to do two of these on the same day so they can get to um, Buena Vista for the, for the evening from here. And Tim also attends this? Yeah, Tim, so Tim's, Tim's in the lead. I speak to the things that the town is budgeting for, mm-hmm. um, but Tim Carr is our flood control superintendent and responsible for a lot of the hands-on maintenance work over the years, from uh, oil changes on the pumps to the routine mowing of the levee. He's got eyes on all of the maintenance work and, and knows that system inside and out. How many times, or let's just say the past month, with the amount of rain we've had, have they needed to pump? Oh, um, I don't think there's been any pumping this summer. The hurricane rain that we got wasn't much. The river's below seven feet right now. It's been on the dry side. So when, when the river's not up, we exercise the pumps monthly and that's all. Okay. This has been a fairly dry year. With the exception of the last week. Yeah. Um, while we're still on public safety, what do you hear from CenturyLink? Oh, goodness. I don't know the most about that. I know that CenturyLink is involved with a um, community meeting coming up on Monday the 20th. Albemarle County's broadband office and Supervisor Price are joining town council there on the 20th. Um, and I think they'll have CenturyLink representation on that. Um, but uh, CenturyLink's had a lot of service problems all over the area. And I'm, I wish I was better in the loop on what's being done to improve that but I, I don't know a whole lot. I'm sorry. Right. That, that's okay. Uh, Labor Day is coming up on Monday. So meetings are on Tuesday. Yes. Uh, public safety is at six o'clock and the planning commission meets at seven o'clock. Anything mm-hmm. going on with the planning commission that is of great interest? Planning commission has a big agenda. First off, we have a roster change. Council member Lindsey Brown is moving out of the area and needs to resign from town council and planning commission because uh, her family's moving. So council is now recruiting for two members with Laura Malusi and Lindsey Brown's um, departures from the board. It's a great opportunity for anyone to throw their hat in the ring on public service for town council to make those appointments. Um, Lindsey was town council's representative on the planning commission, so we'll have to reset that as well. The vice chair, Sherry Lambert, will be uh, chairing the meeting on Tuesday. They have two important new applications. So, Nancy, you are the first in the general public to get this scoop. Okay. Um, There are two special use permit applications that work with the town's new cluster provision in village residential zoning. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes it a little bit easier to do a cluster of houses on a smaller piece of land and then preserve open space around it. Mm-hmm. So planning commission's looking at two applications. I'm pulling up these site plans here. One of them is called Blenheim Heights, and it's a it's a cluster of 24 homes on 
7,500 square foot lots. What, what's that, a, a sixth of an acre? On a little street that sticks out perpendicular to Blenheim Road, right near the water tower. I will put all of these site plans online here in just a few minutes. But the, um, the key feature here is a, a landscaped entrance, a little street that runs off perpendicular to Blenheim with a dozen houses on each side of that street, and then a long open space easement with a new walking trail that would connect up to the sewer line trail. This trail runs along the back of the Pine and Holly Paulette Town community right now. So someone who lived at one of the new houses would be able to get on this established walking trail and go down downtown and through Vancleaf Nature Area. And there would be a more properly developed trail that someone who lived at Pine and Holly could could get onto out their very backyard and into that trail system. That that's a positive part to this. What is the second special use? Permit? The other one is on Bird Street. It takes most of the upper hillside property above Bird Street on the factory grounds. Mm -hmm. It's working with 12 out of the 20 acres on that hillside. So that's that's everything from the pond and um, towards downtown from there. Okay. And it has a, a, a little street going off of Bird Street and up the hill, mm -hmm. and then another cross street running parallel to Bird at the top of the hill, mm -hmm. um, and a row of a row of houses along Bird Street, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten house lots fronting Bird Street, mm -hmm. and then another thirty-eight on the little grid going around the side. So it's a total of forty-eight house lots. It has a courtyard of green space in the center so that nobody has a power line running over their house that preserves right. the power line easement and makes that an open hillside mm -hmm. and then makes a, a ring of trails around the pond running through that middle space and connecting into bird will There's, those trails be open to the public yeah these are VDOT spec streets intended to be conveyed into the public street system okay. um, and additions to the trail network that build off of a sidewalk. This drawing has sidewalk all along the north side of Bird Street on this property line and then sidewalks on the new streets going up the hill hmm. and then uh, a looping trail network around the pond and across the common green. So my question is, now to the town's sidewalk initiative along Bird Street. Mm -hmm. What did council decide to do and will this impact their thought on the sidewalk project? We all, I think we almost have these dots connected. Council voted last month to get under contract with VDOT, accept this sidewalk improvement grant and proceed forward with that design process. The scope of that VDOT grant covers a similar area around Bird and Harrison Street, but I don't think it's going to be enough money to fully connect these. We'll be able to work on sec sections of Bird Street, especially around the Bird and Harrison intersection, which is steep, and around the library where walking access is important. But this isn't going to fully connect all the way out to this newly proposed home cluster. So we'll have another project of some kind going from the library past the little league fields to the factory entrance that's a that's a gap that we still have to fill in okay and the virginia outdoors foundation the 
conservation easement that the property owner and they in the town were the 14 acres. Has that gone through? Moving forward, the survey is done. The documents are all approved to form by the Outdoor Foundation lawyers and by the town's attorney. So we've dropped all those documents off with Virginia Land Company and uh, moving forward towards closing. Okay. Don't have, a closing, don't have a closing date yet. We still need to do the title work and get it formalized. That ties up, I think, that part of town. Is there anything else going on? Um, that's the Planning Commission agenda. I, we do have our ARB meeting tonight because mm -hmm. the, the first today's the first Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, and they have a couple of new business announcements. Sometimes these things come in through ARB first because that's the first thing that a shopkeeper uh, wants to make sure they have taken care of. Mm -hmm. So we have the, um, the sign permit for Baked on the James at 300 Valley Street. Mm. So that's coming soon and has a nice uh, cupcake logo uh, on it that's going to sit out front on the corner. Uh -huh. We also have a sign permit for a restaurant called Looty Bells, L-U-E-T-Y-B-E-L-L-S. Luana Hicks working in a, a new restaurant at 527 Valley Street. So I hope at this board meeting tonight we'll get to hear about the menu. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the sign is uh, Looty Bells in, in nice uh, text with a purple basil leaf on it. Uh-huh. So two businesses. Now, I, I believe on Saturday, Eric is doing his re-grand opening of the Bend Barbecue up at the Barefoot Country Store. That's right. They've, uh, so they've moved uh, up to a bigger space, and I, I think there's an expanded menu, and looking forward to the ribbon cutting there and new digs. Anything else going on um, town council-wise, other than you now have two vacancies on town council? That's big, right? So, so uh, it's a sometimes more of a transition moment than what we actually have when we have elections here. Mm -hmm. um, but two, welcoming two new members in the next month will be significant. And there's um, real important land use decisions coming with these um, with these applications today. Mm -hmm. I finished the staff report on the Blenheim Heights one, but not on the Bridge Street one yet. Okay. So I'll have those uh, agendas and reports out later today. Have people expressed interest in filling out these two terms? Yes, there are um, there are two interested residents so far. So I, I'm not worried about council seats going uh, going vacant for long. I'd certainly encourage others to apply to. It's um, you know, it's not a high stress competition. Just just chat with chat with council about what your interests are in serving. The only qualification is that you be a registered voter in town. You mm -hmm. can be a renter, owner, longtime resident, brand new to town. But if you're interested in public service and can give of your time, this is a great way to do it. One of the vacancies I believe is for three years, and the other one for one year. Yeah, that's right. They're different term lengths. So um, the term that Lindsey Brown is leaving expires in December 2022. Mm -hmm. And the term that Laura Malusi is leaving expires December 2024. Um, so now let's talk about December, because we've always had our elections in May and the term starts mm. in July. So fill us in on why the state legislature decided to make us all do November elections. Oh, I, I couldn't say why the state legislature decided <laughs> to do that, but they but they did. Town Council had a, a pretty healthy discussion a year and a half ago about this topic, and the majority of council was strongly of the opinion that a May election was good because it lets 
local residents fo focus on local issues, we sometimes have a smaller turnout at the May elections, but we know that everyone is coming because they're interested in town affairs. Running too many elections had workload issues and election law has gotten more complicated. Mm -hmm. So I think that I think that statewide, the issue was we want to help registrars by tightening things up and having all the elections at the same time. So anyway, they made it illegal for a town to have a May election. Everybody's elections are going to be in November now. So we that's what we have to do. So everyone's current terms will be extended by another six months. And the election that would have been in May of 22 is going to be in November instead, which is the same time that you vote for members of Congress. Everyone will go to their regular Albemarle County or Fluvanna County polling place. No more voting here at Victory Hall. The terms of office start in January instead of July. Mm -hmm. How about that? How about that? Any word on Tiger Fuel and the market plans? Oh, the, um, the same engineering company is working on those as did the site plan applications that I have uh, here now. Mm -hmm. So I know that they are working on that and it should be coming soon. Coming soon is always a good way to put it. And what about the Dawson plat that they purchased that's basically across from Lumpkins? That I haven't heard much about. Yes, the same um, investor group that was working on Tiger Fuels bought the rest of that tract. So it's a it's a, of the commercial properties in town that are you know buildable. This one seems like it has a lot of potential. It has good road access. It has utilities. They've already expressed interest in, in one business on that site, but I haven't seen any um, designs or had any zoning discussions about what all could be done in that. I think it's about eight acres altogether. Mm -hmm. Looking at it on the map here now. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, okay. And so we, we have, looks like some houses, potential houses coming in. Mm -hmm. A couple of vacancies on town council that you feel will be filled by next month. Yes, council should be able to um, sort of interview um, interested residents um, here at their next couple of meetings, maybe have folks sworn in at the end of the September meeting. Okay. Do you have any word at all on the extent of damage? I know that the Bates Scottsville Supply Company had to relocate temporarily. Do you know anything about status on that building being repaired? On the corner where they were? Yes. Not too much detail. I've spoken with uh, the former the former tenants at the B store and with the building owner a couple of times, and it's a it's a big job, but they're not they're not daunted. They're hoping for inside of a year, but you know, things that had been it's like you have to do all of your modernization work all at once now: roofing, electrical, everything. What had been a, a job of historic rehab where you maybe move along more slowly and not do everything all at once. Now, unfortunately, you have to. So it got to be a bigger job, but the Schmitz are not daunted and are going to mm -hmm. take that on. But my understanding is the Scottsville Supply Company will move back to that space, is my understanding. Have you that's, heard anything? That's that's the hope. Anything for town council? I know they don't meet now for another week, week and a half. I think di digesting what planning commission is starting to work on will, will be a, a, a hot topic. Of course, planning commission looks at that first, um, mm -hmm. but it's, it is pretty big news. So I think, uh, I think council will be interested in discussing some of it too. I don't have any other big action items for council teed up right now. 
Oh, the, the DMV office is okay. um, fairly busy. It is not 100% booked. So we've been able to, um, to help folks when they come in, didn't have an appointment, we can fit them in pretty well, make an appointment for about 10 minutes from now, right after we finish this one, we can help you. That, that seems good. The daily transactions are in the 10 or $20,000 range, which is, um, which is good. Staff team's doing great. Hubbub of activity here feels, feels good. Customers have been very appreciative of top-notch customer service. It's easier to get an appointment here. We explain how everything needs to be. We can help out with paperwork a little bit, get things done more simply. So if you're titling a new motorcycle, we can save you a trip and do that right here close to home. So you said 10 to 20,000 daily or weekly? Daily. Wow. And how does that impact the town? We make a commission of four and a half percent on that. So, so 10,000 is 450 in revenue. That helps the town's budget in a, in a significant way and makes, mm -hmm. this, um, makes this service easier for us to provide, for sure. I know the town remodeled the space mm -hmm. and the town basically hired the manager. Mm -hmm. Where do they get their salaries from? The town pays those expenses. So we're we're earning commission back from the state, but we're operating this as a department of staff of town staff. Our our personnel manual, our IT, our job ads, our contracting. I think it helps us on things like the renovation contract, where mm -hmm. instead of having to have the state build something for us, which would have been a lot slower, we could get up with local businesses and just get the work done. Mm -hmm. So basically it's another town department. Yeah. And it adds it adds depth to our team. I'm glad to have more customer service staff in the office. I think it'll be it'll be helpful if I'm not sick. There'll still be someone here in the office. If we're all hands on deck getting ready for 4th of July, we might have a few more people to make some phone calls. And my last question to you, because CenturyLink is on everybody's mind these days, how is the office service holding up? Oh, just fine. And it's, it's a night and day difference. And I, I, I really feel for residents who are having home internet problems and it, it feels unfair. This office has the fiber upgrade and the, the business caliber service, which is great. It has supported all of the town council meetings with, with no internet outages. Now, sometimes I'll make a mistake on the tech settings, but, uh, <laughs> but the CenturyLink service into this building has been great. So it, it's, it's baffling like to, to me. Why, why can't they do for residential neighbors as well as they do for the town itself? That's, that's unfair. Yeah, I think that they look after businesses over residents and probably because they can charge a lot more money, offer more services. Mm -hmm. So, But still, I don't think the problem's going away anytime soon. And hopefully those people who are still without phone and internet from mm -hmm. July We'll have that rectified in the coming days. Yeah. Anything else? That's um. That's the news here. Yeah. Well, thanks, Matt, and good luck with everything. I hope the two folks coming on to town council really—they'll have to get up to speed real fast. But yeah. that makes it fun. Yes. Well, um. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening and uh, and helping to get the word out. Very nice to see you here today. <laughs> you too. See Take you, care. Matt. Mm -hmm. yeah. Goodbye.